Welcome to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. I'm Josh Elledge, founder and CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. We turn entrepreneurs into media celebrities, grow their authority, and help them build partnerships with top influencers. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show where I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspiration podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. And with us right now, we've got Kenneth Armbruster. Kenneth, uh, you have an interesting uh, line of work that you do. You're an executive director at Renegade Acquisitions. And so what you yes, do, you consolidate the crematory and cadaver transport industry. And so this is fascinating. And I have so yes. many questions. Uh, first off, like, uh, I know you and I each have a background in the United States Navy, so thank you so much for serving. Uh, you were a, a nuke. Uh, so for someone who doesn't know what that means, uh, can you kind of explain what you did? Yes, sir. Uh, Navy nuke. Well, nuclear power training, um, for my rate, it was about 18 months, uh, 14 to 18 months. So that consists of uh, an A school. Three months if you're a machinist mate, six months if you're an electronics technician or electronics mate, and then uh, six months of power school, nuclear power school, where they go more in depth with reactor plant theory, um, maintenance, all that stuff. And then six months qualification on a moored training submarine. Uh, mine was out of uh, Charleston, South Carolina, hmm. but that's a uh, moored training submarine. So you're literally standing watch on a live uh, nuclear power plant, yeah. you know, and then you go to the ship. Uh, in my case, that was USS Eisenhower and you do the qualification process all over again. Yeah. So, um, you, you basically you know, are in charge of making the ships go when they're nuclear powered. Correct. That's, <laughs> that's, that's a very basic summary. Now, mind you, if we're talking aircraft carrier, which is what I was on, you're not just responsible for maintaining your ship's power. You're responsible for making the planes actually take off because the steam catapults, they're powered from the reactor plant. Oh, my gosh. We, we supply steam uh, for the catapults that launch, launch the aircraft. Yeah. You know, aircraft carriers so that, are just you know, anyone that yes. wants to watch some fascinating TV shows. Go, go find uh, you know, uh, you know, any kind of science documentary that talks about how you get a, a floating city moving on the water, uh, powered by a nuclear power plant. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's amazing. It's amazing how this Discovery all Channel a few years ago, several years ago, Discovery Channel did that documentary on Carrier, but it doesn't do justice to reactor department. Um, ah. In fact, if I remember correctly, it didn't say anything about reactor department at all. <laughs> um, yeah. It kind of glossed over that. And the reason being, a lot of our operations are confidential. Yeah. The plant itself, uh, access is barred, you know, to anyone who's not involved in that department. Mm -hmm. But, um, and I believe I had to sign some form of a non-disclosure agreement when I got out to not discuss in-depth reactor plant operations, but that's why, you know, in, in, in terms of uh, media, you don't really hear a lot about what nukes do. 
Yeah. Well, one thing that we don't hear a lot about as well is the crematory and cadaver transport industry. So, so, Kenneth, how did you get into into this industry? So it started, as we already discussed, with my getting out of the Navy. That was 2010. Okay. I went to college for a while, Northern Kentucky University. Um, I was self-employed for a long time. Commercial construction, favoring concrete. I had a preference for doing concrete work. Now, I first heard of, this is not my methodology. I am not claiming authorship for the methodology that I am explaining to you. But the methodology is QLA, is Quantum Leap Advantage Methodology. Okay, uh, founded by Dan Pena Sr. But it's really nothing new. It's been around for, you know, 160 years or whatever. It is a process of consolidating privately owned fragmented industries. In the UK, they're called cottage industries. Mm -hmm. Okay, these are motivated sellers with no plan of succession. We are not talking about franchises. We are talking about mom and pop businesses. Okay, you know, with Ideally, certain numbers for profit margins, certain number of employees, whatever, but privately owned, okay? Seller has no plan of succession, okay? And, um, you know, they don't want, their kids don't want the responsibility. They don't want the responsibility. They're looking for someone that will take it over, that will keep it intact, that will keep their employees relatively happy. And cadaver, it's not cadaver transport, however, with on my board, I do have Adam Dwyer, uh, owner, chief owner operator of um, store mortuary transport services. Okay. And our original intent um, going into this kind of industry, which he's already doing within his business, was to revamp the way bodies are transported because more commonly than you know about, there are mix-ups. There are mistaken identities between the hospitals, the hospices, the morgues, whatever. And within his vehicles, he has his own protocol for, this is especially relevant in recent times, sanitation, okay? Yeah. He has his own protocol <laughs> for sanitation, okay? But he also has GPS tracking on his vehicles. Sure. And, you know, it's like in the Navy, like being a nuke, a certain list of procedures in place to make sure that, mix-ups don't happen. Now, yeah. with my back, can you hear me all right, by the way? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. With my background in construction favoring concrete work, I was, particu- I was particularly drawn to the crematory rebuild service, okay? That is a specialty niche of construction that uses refractory bricks, meaning bricks that are manufactured to withstand temperatures in excess of 6,000 degrees Fahrenheit or whatever. Wow. Um, and a special type of concrete as well. You cannot use or you should not use conventional concrete mixing equipment to mix the concrete to pour the floors for these crematories. No, you're, you're um, building a kiln, basically, right? You're, you're build, yeah, correct. You're building a kiln and conventional concrete mixing tools will have residue left over that will contaminate what you're using to pour the floors. So you want to have your own equipment, okay? It's just a special process. It's a unique process in and of itself. And um, there's two types of crematories, if you didn't know. There's two types of crematories. 
fire-based and alkaline hydrolysis-based, otherwise known as water-based. Yeah, yeah, okay. I've alkaline never hydrolysis. heard of this. I, I well, I mean, you know, it's not <laughs> that every day I, I, I get to talk about <laughs> crematoriums, but you know, I all I knew was about the, uh, you know, you put the cadaver in into a, you know, into a slot, you pull it out, and it's ash. It actually, in a fire-based crematory, it takes about two hours. Okay, wow. there's a specific metal plate, stainless steel plate, that is used for identification purposes. And in modern crematories, there's usually software um, that keeps tabs on that identifier chip, you know, mm-hmm. throughout various stages of the process. Okay. Mm-hmm. But getting back to what I was saying about fire-based versus water-based, alkaline hydrolysis is the process of chemically decomposing the body. Um, not to make this too morbid and gross, but you're yeah, you're flushing the soup down a drain and you're leaving minor bone fragments, okay? That's not as popular with the public, yeah. and it's not as economical. It's not as economical because you can only cycle one, maybe two bodies a day with a fire-based crematory, which is a lot cheaper to build on top of that. You can cycle four or five a day, four or five a day. However, getting back to what I'm involved in, under those extreme temperatures, the furnaces will break down every six to eight years or so. That's why you have crematory rebuild services for fire-based crematories. So, so that, that's the short Reader's Digest version of that. Yeah. So you got in with a company and you were doing the rebuilding. Uh, and then no, 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 not correct. I had my own construction company. Okay. Which okay. I've good. Been operating for about the past six or seven years now. Okay. Purely for the purpose of information purely for the purpose of learning more about the industry itself, I contacted an owner of a crematory Ah, rebuild service who in turn conveyed to me that, you know, that he fit the qualifications perfectly almost of QLA methodology of the, um, the criteria I look for when buying businesses. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've, I've been working with different government agencies over the past year or so now, two years, whatever, hashing out a specific industry, doing research and due diligence on all kinds of different cottage industries. And based on the uh, some of the criteria I mentioned, and based on the fact that this particular individual fit my criteria for a seller perfectly, that is how I became involved in that. Ah, so you you were looking because you had learned about this process of buying a cottage industry, a business mom and pop business. I've been doing that. Yeah, I've been doing yeah, yeah. That for about the past five or six years now. So was the was the first uh, crematorium that you purchased? I mean, I would imagine you learned a lot during the process of getting into this. You have to know a lot. Yeah, well. That's not 100% true, because if you study the methodology, Dan Pena Sr. allegedly knew nothing about oil, didn't even understand that oil and natural gas were separate extraction processes, and yet became, you know, one of the top 50 energy companies in the United States, you know, 30 years ago or whatever. So you don't technically have to have the technical knowledge, but just in the process of talking to as many people as I have talked to, okay, I have kind of a, and we'll get into this later, 
I am very regimented day by day about who I interact with, who I talk to, you know, um, so just in the process of speaking to as many people as I've spoken to, eventually you're going to learn something. And truth be told, technical jargon is its own bonding tool. Mm -hmm. Discussing technical details of an operation is its own way, its own, uh, its own tool for developing rapport with people, okay? And I learned this in sales because I have some prior sales experience, okay? If you come on people too directly, I want to buy your business, I want to do this, I want this from you. Um, I don't know about you personally, that kind of turns me off, that kind of deters me away from that person. Yeah, and you're probably not going to get a very great price if, <laughs> you know, it's like the, I'm going to buy your property and by any means necessary. It's like, okay, well, you're going to pay a lot of money then, I suppose. <laughs> Technical jargon and starting a conversation. Yes, he's one of in us. In all honesty, with all integrity on the basis of, I just want to learn more about this. Yeah. Is it's an asset? Is its own, is its own bonding tool? So, Yeah. How does how does someone find uh, a business like a mom and pop business that might not have that succession plan in place? Because you're right. right, you know. It's I think about this, and it's like, look, when I am done working, I have no idea how what I'm going to do here. My kids aren't interested in this; they're off doing their careers. Uh, yeah, it's like I guess you just have to. How do you find those folks? Good question. Good question. So. The first thing a motivated seller is going to do if they're serious about buying the business is they're going to, or selling the business is they're going to list it with a broker. Mm. Now, I am not for one second recommending brokers. I, and if you study QLA methodology, they do not recommend brokers. Why? Mm. Because the broker's number one priority is just to earn their commission at all costs. Yeah. There's all kinds of things that can be wrong with the business, which we're not, which I, you know, it would take too much time to go into right here but they will lie, cheat, uh, uh, embellish the truth, whatever, just so they can earn their commission. So yes, brokers are a resource, but they're not an ideal resource, okay? The next best place to look or or a better place to look would be trade shows, trade organizations, okay, that you have some kind of subscription or membership to. On a very basic level, if I were to give you a very basic example, if you were in the home building industry, where would you go? You would go to REA meetups, REA meetups, you know. Mm-hmm. So you find a certain industry trade organization. Usually they have a membership fee uh, for the uh, Cremation Association of North America. It's around $300 a year, roughly, okay? So that so a tr- industry-specific trade organization. The next place would be on the back of major business publications occasionally, such as Wall Street Journal, uh, London Business Journal, um, The Secured Lender, the magazine, the publication, The Secured Lender, which not a lot of people know about. Mm-hmm. Um, so publications. And the other ideal place among the list of desired places to look that I mentioned is very simple. You do exactly what I just said. You call up an owner yeah. and you say, just hey, do your I'd research like and just smile and dial, I guess, and you, get you, to know yeah, people exactly and now, figure out where they're at. Now, usually it's just by dumb luck 
that you yeah. discover that they were looking to sell their business. Because because I'm perfectly honest. When I call you up and I say I want more information, that's literally all I'm calling about. There's yeah. no uh, uh, duplicitous, underhanded. There's no hidden motives or whatever. I just want to learn more. So in my case, it's by pure dumb luck that they're looking to, to sell this. Usually that doesn't happen. Usually, in all candor, okay, if you were going to call someone and, and discover that they were a motivated seller, you would need to make about two to 300 cold calls a day. And I'm, I'm not, wow. I'm not, you know, I, I, I don't sugarcoat the truth right. to just, to just, you know, to be, to have the odds in your favor, you would need to make about two to 300 cold calls a day. Yeah, but, I can see that. But, but for some people that's normal for some people, there's nothing, you know, I mean, and, and for, Someone who has sales experience, that's normal. There's nothing out of the ordinary about that. So, mm. Yeah, I mean, you're basically just, um, you know, you're building a, a network and, and getting to know, uh, you know, someone's got to do that work. And so, um, yeah, I get it. Hey, do you have a feel for the, the crema, uh, kind of the crematory industry right now? Are more people opting to cremate over burial today than, say, like it's 10 years ago? It's actually becoming... It's actually becoming increasingly popular with the younger generation. Okay, yeah. Now, the industry itself is kind of suffering right now. Funeral homes in general are kind of suffering right now for the reason I just mentioned before. A lot of mom and pop owners and their kids don't want it. Their kids yeah. don't want the hassle. They don't want the responsibility. People are always dying. So in a sense, there's always a demand for it. Um, you know, but there's a lot of a lot of them where the, the kids don't want the responsibility. I alluded to the fact earlier that in general, in America, uh, fire-based is more popular with the public than, than water-based for the yeah. reasons I kind of cited. It is kind of a shrinking industry, okay? But you could say that about a lot of things. And truth be told, Remember, I went through a year or two years or whatever of due diligence hashing out different industries, okay? So every industry has problems, okay? If, if we were to talk about cybersecurity, for example, or we were to talk about digital marketing, for example, now, what is the obvious problem with one of those types of businesses when you go to approach a commercial lender like a bank? What's the obvious problem that stands out? It's the fact that they don't have any assets or any hard assets, okay? A lot of banks are asset-based lenders. They want to see mm. uh, real estate. They want to see something more liquid than, you know, what you would get at a typical restaurant, like cooking utensils and boots yeah. and all that, you know? And, and, and um, so every industry has problems. Through a one to two year due diligence and research process, I came to the conclusion that for me, based on my prior experience, based on the people I know, based on the kind of profit margins I was looking for, based on the kind of assets involved, based on my personality, I wanted to get involved in cremation services. Mm. Yeah. Well, I would imagine, I mean, it seems like, you know, if I'm a, if you need, uh, if, if you need a lender, it seems like a pretty safe 
industry, I mean, if you've got a steady stream of business, there's high demand for what you do. You've certainly got some physical assets. You've got property. It seems to be a very lendable industry. You know, Kenneth, the next question, I guess kind of the last question I want to ask is, um, since you're kind of, I don't get to talk to many people in, in this industry very often, uh, you had mentioned, uh, you know, about the importance of tracking and and that sort of thing. And, and uh, I'm curious about any technical innovations within uh, the crematory industry over the past, say, 10, 15 years? Is there, has, is this an industry that has evolved at all, or is it always just, it's the same old thing? Well, if you're talking about in terms of accountability, okay, for cadaver transport, well, yeah. What have we had in the past 20 years? We've had new developments in GPS, okay? Yeah. As I said, I, I literally know someone, okay, whose mother who was getting uh, a funeral service for her mother, his, his mother, and um, they brought the wrong body, you know, to the funeral home. Oh, uh-huh. so, <laughs> that's a worse nightmare. Yeah, that's kind of how he described it. Um, yeah. But um, so GPS, you know, but... In terms, I mean, if you look at any industry, there's always new developments in manufacturing, okay? So we could take a very simple example of roofing nails. Now, roofing nails have been around for what, like 200 years now? Sure. They've been around for over 2,000 years, okay? They're still around today, and they're different than they were 2,000 years ago, okay? What are some of the differences today? More efficient manufacturing processes have come up. And you could say the same thing for a factory brick, okay? Mm. New laboratory tests being conducted about, I used to be a welder, so new laboratory tests being conducted about how refractory brick uh, of, of a certain composure uh, decomposes under intense pressures, you know? So new additives, chemical additives, um, and, and just new ways of manufacturing, you know, that extend the life or maybe, you know, make it refract at higher temperatures for longer periods of time. Um, And really, the intangibles, just the way stuff is done. And now, in terms of the um, cadaver transport service, Adam could go way in better detail with that than I can, because that's his business. He does that all the time. But yeah, developments in the way refractory brick is manufactured and installed, okay, uh, developments in cadaver transport in terms of tracking the body, okay? Software. Software that monitors the body in terms of identification and reporting, reporting for legal purposes, okay? Yeah. At different stages throughout the cremation process, you know, um, the software side of it, which I'm not an expert on, but I have spoken to a few people who run crematory software companies. It's, it, it has really nothing to do with the actual process of cremation. It has to do with logging the identity of the body, okay, tracking it at different stages because a, a fire cremation on average can take somewhere between two to five hours, okay? Mm logging it at different stages of of the process and then reporting reporting for legal purposes reporting for public records whatever that's that's to the best of my knowledge that's all the software does um but yeah 
Kenneth Armbruster, fascinating conversation. Uh, again, you're the executive director of Renegade Acquisitions, your website, renegadeacquisitions.com. I've learned so much that I've never even considered. I really, really appreciate uh, you kind of sharing your experience. And uh, thank you so much, Kenneth, for joining us. Yep. Thank, thank you for having me. I definitely appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now, if you've got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Now, if you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. Now, what do you win? Well, we're going to promote you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans, totally free. Now, can you also hook us up? Now, in your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Now, my name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Now, thanks for listening, and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Mm-hmm.